Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. Just when you thought it was safe to come out of the water, no. We're back. Two podcasts in one week. We hit you hard with Chris Bosch, and we're going higher today. Super Regional Saturday, Texas v. South Florida. Longhorn coach David Pierce is joining us. Uh, before we do it, I got to pay some bills, Doug. Uh, thank you for joining us on On Second Thought, Hook'em.com, Bud Light. I'm Cedric Golden. He's Kirk Bowles. And this is David Pierce. Two wins away from the College World Series. Coach, how you doing? Oh, doing great, man. Good to be on. Love talking to you and Kirk. Just hanging out and talking baseball, talking Texas baseball, and just uh, really excited for our kids. Just the time of year, and boy, what a great weekend. I mean, you know, you guys just sweep through the, the Austin Regional, never trailing a game, and the crowds were fantastic, weren't they? I mean, you piece all that together, and I think we did a great job of just putting our head down and playing. And, you know, what I was impressed with is just we have two veterans that have ever played in postseason baseball, so we have a lot of young nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just went out there and trusted themselves, trusted each other, and trusted their work and went and competed. And, I mean, when you look at, from my perspective, and you see that kind of reaction and not really phased from the crowd, the crowd, they just fed off of it the right way as opposed to, you know, being nervous. And I'm sure there were butterflies. I have butterflies playing games. And I mm-hmm. I know if they didn't have butterflies, it'd be something wrong. But, you know, that just means you're ready and it means something to you. I, I was just cool to see, just, just cool to see all the people and they were raucous and I was watching on TV and whenever a reliever would come in that wild bunch down the third baseline, they were getting after him. It's what oh. it's all about, man. It is yeah, what it's I mean, all about. We got some salty veteran uh, <laughs> fans for sure. God, they're old too. They were so well, wait, wait, old. Wait, shout shout out wrong. to Occupy left field as well. Okay. Yeah. So what I was going to say is we have some salty veterans, but we've got a lot more young folks showing up. I mean, a lot more young, younger people uh, and they're excited. And then you occupy left field. They got their own little supply and demand down there. It's they're happening. amazing. So, they're amazing. Yeah. And then you put, piece it all together and, it was loud. It was awesome. Our kids loved it. Well, like you say, you feed off of it. And, and it seemed like every game you guys were up 5 nothing, 6 nothing. The last game it was, what, 10 nothing after like three or four innings. So it's not supposed to be that easy in a regional. And, uh, the, and the way you guys just kind of mentally flushed the Big 12 conference tournament, you know, didn't play perfect baseball and then just come out and put on a show like that. 
you got to like the leadership of your team, I guess, from your staff and some of the older players, I guess. There's no doubt. I mean, you just look back at how this team got to this point, and it's not because of any kind of magic dust. It's because they've learned how to work. They've learned how to enjoy the grind of working and the preparation and the ins and outs of their own little craft, you know, and then you see them work with each other and talk about grips and talk about, you know, swing pass and listen to the coaches and and their one-on-one time. And it's just been a constant. It hasn't been anything where you took a step back and go, Hey, we need to fix this. We're not perfect. We're constantly, I mean, we're, we're in the cages today and it's Wednesday before the super and we feel like we can get better. And, you know, I think I was most impressed offensively that we just, especially with young players, you try to do too much and start forcing at bats and, you know, the patience, you can look at it from both perspectives. If you're the pitching coach and you're giving up free passes, you have a perspective. If you're, the team that's the recipient of them, then you feel like you earned them. And I, I really felt like our team could have gone out of the zone a little bit more and gotten impatient. Um, but they're willing to pass that that baton to the next hitter and just trying to keep build 90s after 90s and, you know, then come up with a big hit. So it's a great formula, but we've got to also be prepared when people start just pounding the zone on us and staying in the middle of the field and, um, getting good pitches to hit. Well, these South Florida Bulls come in here at 31 and 28. Um, they won the AAC tournament just to get into the to the NCAAs. Uh, they go out there and they beat Miami. They beat Florida. They come out of that Gainesville region uh, over South Alabama. Uh, to me, I know they're 31 and 28, but David, that doesn't matter right now. They're hot. They've won nine of 11 games, so What's your mindset coming in here? Because uh, I know the numbers don't look great, but the only thing that really matters is that they're coming in here with a lot of confidence. Uh, I, mean, I mean, for us, for them, I mean, we talk about, you know, you're in the postseason, there's a clean slate. It doesn't matter what you did back in March. It doesn't matter what you did in April. Um, they did a great job of winning that tournament. I played in that tournament or coached in that tournament two years in a row. And this year, the AAC is really good. And you look at East Carolina, uh, Tulane had a solid year. Um, up and down, that Cincinnati's a, a, a pesty team. And then, you know, Central Florida, those guys can play. And, and to come out of that tournament, uh, I'm not sure what their seed was going into it, but they weren't the favorite. Uh, so they win that. They earned the right to go to the, the, the Gainesville Regional as a four seed and basically dominated it. They have one hiccup against South Al, and that's it. So when you start breaking their team down, they're pitching completely different and better than they were back in March when they played Texas Tech and got swept. Um, Offensively, they're running in some balls and and hitting with some power right now. And when you start piecing those things together, all of a sudden, you know, your defense improves your plate discipline improves. You build this confidence that you're somewhat invincible. I don't think that they have any thought of being intimidated coming to the dish because they just, they just left the preseason number one team in the country was Florida. 
They just left and won that regional. So they got to feel great about coming in there. There's not a team of the 16 left that don't have confidence. You know, everybody feels like they're ready to advance. So how do we handle that? We get in trouble if we start trying to play the big picture. Uh, we've been very, very good at putting our heads down and playing the game and not being distracted. And that was a part of our conversation this morning. And, you know, this is something I learned from my brother-in-law back in the old Super Bowl days is that handle all the family domestic distractions right now. And when it comes to tickets, when it comes to where, where people are going to stay, let your mother take care of that. Let your dad take care of that. Let your girlfriend, that's who's running the show. But you don't need to do it. Or if you are, get it done by today. And now let's start working our funnel of getting ourselves ready to play. So Gary Kubiak's your source. Uh, he's your, <laughs> gonna give you it was my off. source on that. It's just one of those <laughs> things I banked and go, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it Houston does get that all Yep. Represent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So looking at uh, this weekend, you, you switched your rotation last week, went with Tristan Stevens, which I applaud and thought was just very smart. Uh, now do you go back to your regular Big 12 rotation with Ty at the start? Or you you stick with what got you out of the regional and go with Tristan on Saturday night? No, I think you go back because now we're back to a three-game series with one team. Right. And so there's not a fourth game. There's not a fifth game. Right. And so when you look at it, you're back to your regular rotation of Ty, Stevens, and uh, Hanson. So we'll go back. I think the reason, and I think we discussed a little bit of why we went to Hanson first, um, he's one of the best number twos in the country, for one, and uh, had no reservation of – him competing and beating uh, Southern in that first game. But I felt like he had the best ability on the back end to potentially bounce back. I mean, you said you mean Tristan, you mean Tristan, not Pete. Tristan. Okay. Yeah. Did I say Ty? Yeah. You said Uh, Hanson. Yeah. Oh, Hanson. Tristan has the best ability to bounce back. He can throw, you know, six, seven innings and 80, 80 pitches. So Mm -hmm. I just felt like, he gave us the best option if we had to go deeper into the tournament. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Oh, go ahead, Doug. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was thinking it didn't even really almost need relief pitchers. You guys, were, your starting three were just so dominant and everything. Is it? Uh, how would you look at their lineup? You mentioned power. I think they got three guys hitting, you know, uh, 11, 12 home runs or, or a little more. Uh, are they right, left? Uh, do they run very much? And uh, what are your pitchers going to have to do to kind of hold them down? It's interesting because they're not a big running team. Uh, I've played there in South Florida in the past, and I feel like it's a pretty offensive park. And so what I do is I do a stat comparison every time we get ready to play an opponent. It just mm-hmm. it gives me a good feel of, all right, I know our team and where we are. So then I just do a comparison and then look at schedules. Um, And you look at 55 home runs, we've hit 62. That's pretty solid. So Mm -hmm. then you look at who's hot. You've got um, Lane has got 11 home runs. You've got Hogan that's got 12. And then you've got Pena that's got 12. Mm -hmm. So they're not accidentally running into some balls. I mean, they're going to home plate to do damage. So I think on the flip side of that, you have to be very good with location. And that's been 
Tristan and Pete strength is location. Then you, even if you're a power guy, you're going to have to locate, but uh, ties a little different than those two when it comes to how he attacks. Um, but our success has been applying pressure. And now when I say that everybody initially thinks the running game, but I like to think in terms of applying pressure offensively going first to third, scoring from second, taking advantage of what the defense gives you. If that's the drag, if that's, you know, some way we can, we can get an edge. And then defensively, can we make them feel like we have 12 defenders on the field? We want to smother them. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is just beat them up with strikes, make them earn it. And if you can do that consistently, which Pete and, and Tristan have just been tremendous at, then and then you have a defense like ours. I mean, it just puts a lot of pressure on guys to have to, you know, earn every single thing they get. And that's kind of been the the plan and it's it's been executed. Ty's got such a powerful arm that mm-hmm. you know you you can cheat and run into one, but if he stays ahead and counts, he can he can really do some damage on the mound for us. Well, you know, I'm nostalgic. Back in 03, I was I was in my second year as the Texas baseball beat writer, and you were an assistant on that Wayne Graham 2003 Rice team that beat the defending national champion Longhorns, knocked them out of Omaha. And, man, that pitching staff, Jeff Neiman, the Yeti, big 6'9 guy with gas, Wade Townsend from Dripping Springs, more gas, 98. Uh, Philip Umber, who threw a perfect game in the major leagues. And then a guy no one ever talks about, David Ardsma, who was <laughs> great. You guys had an embarrassment of riches on that pitching staff. I see some similarities. Now, those guys were all first-round picks. So, don't get – I'm not trying to say these guys that you have are on that level. But, you know, Ty Madden can throw it with anybody. But the contributions you're getting from these guys, very similar what you got at Rice? Well, I think um, I think those three, the, we call them the big three, and they were the number three, the number four, and the number eight pick in the 04 draft. Insane. 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 To go along with that was a pretty good defense and offense, but the, there's a missing link there that David Artsmo was a closer, was a first-rounder in 03, mm-hmm. the year we won it. Yes. But there was one other little piece there. And everybody forgets this guy. It's Josh Baker. And Josh oh, yeah. Baker was our number four starter that threw a lot of Sundays because we would u- utilize weight on Tuesdays against Texas, A&M, all those power five type schools. Great schedule and that then, year. Yeah. But the other piece is that we would rotate some of those guys. So if Neiman had to come in relief on a Tuesday, Umber would be the Friday night starter. Neiman would bump to Saturday. And we just kind of kept that rotation because we only use – we truly only use maybe eight, but really seven guys the entire year. And we had one left-hander. Right now we have one left-hander out of the bullpen and then Pete. And so uh, I, I think that's awesome that you you look at this group like that. They were a very powerful three. This is a very unique three that pitches in different ways. Mm-hmm. But then I, I think – we touched on it a little bit, and I think it's worthy to talk about Kentonia Nixon, Witt, and Gordon. They've kind of been the foundation of that bullpen, and they're starting 
You know, at the beginning of years, which every year everybody wants to know who's going to be the starters, what about this guy in the pen, how do you plan on utilizing them? And I always say it evolves, and it really does. I mean, now Witty has kind of just evolved into the, the, the guy that's going to follow Madden on Friday night, potentially mm-hmm. Cole if the matchup is different. Then the other one follows Tristan, um, and that's what happened in the regional. We were – Ty was good um, for six. Woody finished it with three. You'd like to have Nixon in there and, and, and when that opportunity is, but I really like finishing with Witt. But then you got Cole who – I mean, if Cole's confident and he frees that arm up, he can throw it as well as anyone, and he sold that on Sunday. So we are able to get him in the eighth and Nixon in the ninth just to get, you know – opportunity to be in that environment for preparation for this weekend. Uh, of those guys in the pen, Dave, you know, Andrew Witt likes, I'm not saying he's a Ty Madden clone or anything, but God, his mechanics look so good. And he just looks like a starting pitcher. Uh, I would assume, is there a chance he could be, you know, one or two, you know, next year? Oh yeah. Starting? That's kind of the intent. The intent right. is for him to finish in the role that he's in this year. Right. Um, which he could go for a short start if we had to, but mm-hmm. really we like him in the role. The thing that, that the pivotal piece was who was going to take the role of Tristan Stevens from previous years of coming in when it's not very pretty. It's got first and second, nobody out. Uh, second and third in and out. Who's going to be able to step into that environment and handle it? And so that was a big pivotal question mark of whether Tristan's going to be able to start. We felt like Tristan could handle the start, Mm -hmm. but who could handle his role was the key. And, And Tristan earned the right to start, but we needed to piece it all together. And Witt's got ice in his veins. I mean, he's just tougher than nails. And, He doesn't let much – I mean, for such a young kid, I haven't seen any chinks in his armor so far. I mean, as far as his mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you see the same thing with Nixon and Gordon builds around that. And I think Cole has grown so much when it comes to mentality and and believing in himself. And then this whole group then starts competing against each other. And that's when it gets fun. Right. And as far as as far as you know, the fans, it's, uh, all the games are sold out already. It's just you know, just going to be a super atmosphere. That that place is just going to be jumping. Uh, I don't. At this stage, you don't really need too many pep talks, do you? As far oh, as no. you know, like you say, they trust themselves and the process, right? Yeah, I think more than anything is to just go play with instincts and don't get robotical and don't start overthinking things and. And we've had our exact routine this week as far as what we do on each day of practice. And Zubio was reading the schedule to me the other day, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. And he goes – and I told him it's a game of repetition. And so we don't really venture away from, you know, the X's and O's of just playing the game and um, trying to do something that may come up occasionally let's be really good at catching it and throwing it um situational offense and throwing a lot of strikes and and do you call tim tadlock do y'all share information as conference 
brethren or how does that work? Uh, I mean, I call a lot of people throughout the country and I was in the AAC and it's kind of unwritten role, unwritten rule or actually in the big 12, we're not supposed to share on each other, but my rule has always been, I will give information to anybody in the country except on any big 12 school. I think that's my ethical duty to say, this is our conference and this is how I'm going to handle it. Whether people are giving information out on me, that's mm-hmm. their prerogative. They can do it. But I just have always felt like that that's the ethical thing. And that's what we do. Um, but there's people all over the country that have played South Florida that I'll get information from. And really there's so much film. I don't need somebody to give me a scouting report. I just like to get a feel of how a coach likes to work. You know, do they like to take the extra base while they run in front of you? And even now you can see so much um, on film because we have synergy and it just gives you so much information. Is there one there, thing there won't be anything that they don't know about us and we don't know yeah. about them. Yeah. And we're, I was we're wondering more if one scouted thing than anybody in the country. What's that? about South Florida more? <laughs> I, I wonder if there's one thing that jumps out at you about South Florida more than anything else. I think the most, the most improved part of their team is their starting pitching and their pitching. You know, we talk about the back end of our bullpen and how it's evolved. I think they're experiencing somewhat of the same thing. You know, the left-hander, Lyon, uh, Lyle, he knows his role. He's going to come in, he's going to face two left-handers, and then they're going to bo- go to Burns. And so they kind of know their role, and I think that's important for kids. But mm-hmm. it looks to me that they're catching the ball and they're really – pitching at a higher level than they were early in the year. And then watching their their bat speed and their swings, they're not doing a lot of bunting. I mean, they they swing for it. So they're not going to be good with location. No, they don't get cheated. That's true. Mm. Mm. They have some strikeouts in there, though. Do they? Well, I imagine mm. you'll find a few. So uh, <laughs> hey, we appreciate you being on. You know, Man, we do. This, this is fun. Um it's going to be fun. Um, I'm fully vaccinated, but I hadn't darkened the doors of the dish uh, <laughs> in the postseason. But my big butt's going to be rolling in one Come of on. these two nights. Uh, we had Kirk and I haven't even decided which ones we're riding. I, I think I might want that. Um, I'll take the Friday, the Saturday one, Duck. You take the Sunday one. So you well, can write about. We both want to be out there, though. Oh, we're going to be out there. If, Ke- if, Kevin, if Kevin Rodriguez can allow us in there you know you know we've had our our battles with kevin i mean he didn't he didn't have your your watch party online we had to blast him for that (laughs) well hey you guys have the ability to blast when blast is needed (laughs) 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 okay so thanks for having me the dish is going to be rocking it's going to be the place to be this week yes sir yes sir so pumped up for our fans our fan base our players uh just hopefully we go out there and enjoy it let it fly well you've had a fantastic year coach of the year much deserved and uh just keep on rolling keep on rolling and for the fans texas south florida 8 p.m saturday at the dish espnu if you're watching at the house 104.9 The Horn with Greg Way and Roger Wallace or TexasSports.com. 
Sunday night, 8 o'clock, ESPNU or the Deuce. It's a sellout, but they said there might be a few straggling tickets out there if you want to hit hit that uh, box office. Good luck with that. We're credentialed. We don't care, and we're going to be there. David, thank you so much, man, and good luck this weekend. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Hook them. See you, David. Bye-bye. On Second Thought. Well, Duck, we, we talked to David Pierce, and he's excited about this matchup coming up. But there are people out there going, oh, who are the South Florida Bulls? I was like, hey, hell if I know. Let's find out somebody. <laughs> let's find somebody who knows a little bit about them. Uh, Joey Knight of the Tampa Bay Times has covered this team. I, I know he's busy with Tampa Bay Bucks and minicamp, but he's taking some time out to join us and talk a little baseball. How are you doing, Joey? I'm doing wonderful. It's a joy to be with you guys today. I guess Tom Brady is just he's not if he's not 24 uh, seven job duty. He's like 23 and a half seven, right? So he's 24 seven. Well, if he's not throwing the trophy in the bay or something like that, so or drinking uh, avocado tequila, it's <laughs> always Tom. You got it. You got it. Well, I know you dabble and you have a lot of balls in the air, and and one of them is the USF. Bulls are in their super regional for the first time. How would you just kind of size up the team in, in general, Joey? Are you surprised they're still playing this late in the year? No question. You know, Bulls fans have had fun with a hashtag, not a very good team because they heard a commentator uh, either during the conference tournament or, or the Gainesville regional say, this is not a very good team. And a month ago, they were not, they wow. were 20 and 22 and I got to level with you, fellas. I was a little concerned about Billy Mould's job. Billy's here at USF. He inherited a very good team from Mark, South Carolina now. And in 2018, Billy took them to the NCAA tournament. 2019, they fell on their face. They didn't even qualify for the American Athletic Conference tournament. Wow. And when, you've got a, when you're a baseball program in Tampa, in the state of Florida, you know, and Tampa is a, is a baseball factory. That's just simply unacceptable. So I really thought Billy was treading on thin ice after 2019. And then 2020, as we know, was a wash. And then this year, they just started out very inconsistently. They were 20 and 22 a month ago today. Amazing. Um, their, their veteran catcher, Jake Sullivan, said when we were hitting, we weren't playing defense. When we were playing defense, we weren't pitching well. We just couldn't put it all together. And this is just a classic story of a team that just started clicking and putting things together at the right time. And when you do that, you develop confidence. They won their conference tournament as a six seed and they went into the Gainesville regional, very confident. And you saw that they've got, they've got some good pitching. They've got some, they've got some guys who can hit. They've got some veteran players at some key spots, you know, particularly catcher and, they got a kid named Jarrett Eaton in the outfield who, who's a transfer from Auburn. They've, they've got some guys who played a lot of baseball. It was just a matter of putting it all together. And they did at their conference tournament in Clearwater. And now they're just, I think they're just a very confident baseball team. They're not only clicking, confident. Uh, yeah, it's good to see Billy Moe bounce back. Um, uh, you know, we talked to David Pierce, the Texas coach, and, you know, it doesn't really matter that they started right. – 20 and 22 or uh, what matters now is they, they, they kicked the crap out of Miami, Florida and USA. And now they're nine and two in their last 11 games. How much belief do you see when you talk to these guys 
Cause they, from where they've been, they have to be on a real high coming into this thing. They're on top of the world. This program has been to 13 previous NCAA tournaments, but they've never been to a super regional. And it's like, you know, Jake Sullivan, the, the, the veteran catcher, I'll quote him again. He said, we feel like we can play with anybody. Love it. And they've got, they've got players on this team. I, I mentioned Jared Eaton, Jake Sullivan. They've got a kid named Carmine Lane who's just been hitting the you-know-what out of the ball the entire postseason. They've got pitchers. You'll see a closer named Orion Kirkering who is, has got just incredible stuff, uh, off-speed stuff. And when, when he's on and he's on the mound for that team, they can compete with anybody. They, they've got two or three pitchers like that. And I, I really believe at this stage, you know, when you're playing with confidence, you can't get here if you can't play well. They're playing well. But when you combine that with playing with confidence, I think anything can happen. Now, I know they're walking into a, to a totally different environment mm-hmm. this weekend. Their, their conference tournament was in Clearwater in their backyard, and there was hardly anyone there. And I don't think the Gainesville Regional was very well attended. So they're going to be in for a little bit of a culture shock. And I'll tell you what, they're, they're going to come in with their heads high and be- believing they can, uh, they can do this. And, and sound like they got some pop in their bat. I know uh, David Pierce said they got about three guys that hitting 11 or 12 home runs each. Uh, uh, are they legitimate power hitters, you think? They could probably hit it out of any park. Cause he said their park's pretty big there. At, at, it is at, a big uh, ballpark. It's kind of new. It's something they've put in in the last decade. Uh, I wouldn't say they're in generally a powerful team. They, mm-hmm. they are capable. And, again, they're, ju- they're just putting the ball in play and, and hitting well. I would say the one to watch, you know, would be Carmine Lane, um, kind of a uh, – not a, I won't say a DH type, but kind of a first base type, kind of a, a, a tall kid like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrett Eaton, who just – who just had a tremendous Gainesville regional had three hits in the, uh, in the do or die winner take all game against a very good South Alabama team. Uh, Jake Sullivan can hit the ball very well. Riley Hogan, um, another guy kind of like Carmine Lane, a rangy kid who's capable of hitting the ball. So if you're looking for offensive guys to keep an eye out for Carmine Lane, Riley Hogan, Jarrett Eaton. I may have been mistaken on the position that Carmine Lane plays, but he'll be at the top of the batting order. I can. Oh yeah. But you don't think they'll be intimidated. Do you? I mean, at this stage, you know, what you, like uh, said, said, I mean, you, you're winning, you're hot right now. You know, let it lose. You got nothing to lose, right? Nothing to lose. They're going to come in here and have fun. I'm sure that's going to be Billy Mole's message. Hey guys, nobody expected us to be here. We, we've got nothing to lose. Let's go out and have fun. Let's play the game we grew up loving. That's why we're, we're here. We love baseball. Let's just go play the game we love and have fun and enjoy and embrace this atmosphere. Well, Dishfog Field is one of the hallowed halls of college baseball. <laughs> it's right there with Alex Box Stadium, uh, Bomb in Arkansas, Sunken Diamond at Stanford. And uh, I've been to all of those. And uh, there, were, there were almost 7,000 fans last week for this, for the regional. Um, are the guys talking about the atmosphere that they're going to see? Uh, and, and also getting to come to a cool city. That's Austin. Are they talking about that? And also being on national television, who would have thought that a month ago? I, I think they're embracing all that. They didn't talk a whole lot about that right after winning the Gainesville regional. They were just more, 
in the moment. They were intoxicated in that moment. But I think they're looking forward to all that. I really think this is a team that's just embracing the moment. And again, like I told Kirk, just, you know, playing, they're going to come in, I think, playing very loose and enjoying the moment. But I'll tell you this, they have not been in an atmosphere like they're going to see. I would think the closest thing they've seen uh, in their conference is East Carolina, which is also playing in a super regional uh, nothing else really comes close. They played like some midweek games against the University of Florida in the past, but that's certainly not before 7,000 people. You know, they, they've gone up to the Tallahassee and played FSU late in the Mike Martin tenure, but nothing like they're going to see, you know, this weekend and prime time on ESPN2, I believe it starts out, or ESPNU against Texas. But uh, again, I really think they're going to have fun. I think they're going to embrace it. They're looking forward to it. I think they'll like it, and it's a it's a good baseball crowd too, Joey. They'll they applaud, you know, the great <laughs> defensive play uh, that an opponent made. A uh, center fielder, who was that? Said was it Fairfield? I can't remember who. Yeah, he was putting on a show. Yeah, yeah, he just made all these diving catches, and he'd come back in the dugout, and the Texas crowd would just almost give him a standing ovation. So I do think they'll appreciate it. it's a very knowledgeable baseball crowd. Like you say, Tampa is a very baseball centric city. So uh, right. I, I do think they will appreciate the moment. And uh, I don't know what's, what's the highlight in USF athletic history. Iron uh, Charlie strong. Come on. No, I, I said highlights. <laughs> Too <Ed>. soon. <laughs> uh, here's a little point of trivia. And you may see this kid this weekend. They've got a sixth year senior pitcher named Dylan Burns. And how old is Dylan Burns? His, his debut as a USF bull, Willie Taggart was still the football coach. So oh my goodness! Precedes Charlie Strong's tenure. <laughs> Dylan Burns. How he's old is Dylan? He's Was a he thirty sixth year senior. So last year didn't count, and you know right. he came back. So I guess he's twenty two or twenty three or yeah. something. Do they, do they call him Coach? <laughs> <laughs> they call him Grandpa. <laughs> I guess so. But that's the high point of USF athletics. You know, they've had their football moments. They were number two in the old BCS in 2007. Oh, yeah. They really got West Virginia and Auburn back-to-back. And then right. Who's that quarterback? I remember. What was the quarterback? Matt Grothy. Oh, my. Matt really Grothy. Good. Yes, there really good. Go. Really good. And other than that, the, the softball team uh, made the College World Series in 2012, and their coach is Ken Erickson, the current U.S. Olympic coach. So oh, they, nice. they've, got a, they've got a very good softball program, so – this will be the schools they're seeking the school's second World Series berth, if you count softball. Oh, absolutely. Got to count softball. Absolutely. Well, Joey, man, thanks so much for joining us. We know you're busy and uh, just – No, this has been fun. This has been great, uh, giving, giving us a look at, at South Florida. And um, check out his stuff at, at the Tampa Bay Times. Follow him on Twitter at TB. Times underscore bulls. Underscore bulls. At TB Times underscore bulls. His stuff is good. Uh, your life doesn't really suck. I mean, you get to cover Tampa Bay and then the Super Bowl's in your backyard last year. And I, I tell you, I, I've never experienced um, – I'm a born and raised in the Tampa Bay area. I've never experienced a run like this in my life, and I never will. When you talk about the Lightning, Stanley Cup champions, looks like they're going to win it again. Rays made the World Series best record in baseball. And Tom Brady coming back for it. I've never seen a run like this, and I never will again. 
<laughs> hey, just ride that way, man. Ride it, yeah, ride it, man. Ride it. It's not. It it is not forever. Enjoy it while it's here. That's all I, I can say. Yeah. I hear you. Thank you, brother, man, and uh, good luck to you the rest of the way. And uh, we'll be reading your stuff. I appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great day. You Thank too. you, Joey. Appreciate you being with us. Bye bye. On second thought. Doug, great stuff from David Pierce. Great stuff from Joey Knight. We have primed you for the Super Regional here at Dish Falk Field. All that's left is the baseball, and we will see you at the park. That will do it for Episode 225 of On Second Thought. For the Doug Kirk Bowls, I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to On Second Thought. Powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.